Say It Skillfully is about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said, even at work. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Join Molly Chang today as together we break the silence and learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Hello, Molly here. Welcome to Say It Skillfully, helping you find the words to create shared reality in a way that's true to yourself. A reminder for folks, if you haven't already, check out my website, sayitskillfully.com. Sign up for my mailing list. We've been getting some great reviews on the tips in my short newsletter. And I encourage you to check out my free mini course and get a head start on how you can speak up positively in any situation. So I would love, uh, we have a great lineup of folks calling in today, and I would love first to welcome Annalisa. Annalisa, welcome to Say It Skillfully. Hello, how are you? I could not be more fabulous because I'm having a chance to chat with you. What is top of mind for you? Well, kind of coming off the heels of a very exciting um, summit that we had where we were fortunate enough to meet you and have you speak to our, our teams. It really kind of got me thinking about my story and, you know, what maybe others could learn from it or maybe could, could help folks who are in situations like I was. So it's a bit it's an interesting story. So I'll, I'll start out and give you kind of a few truths about who I am. Um, I'm a fairly unique individual. I'm, I'm highly empathic. I'm very intelligent, not like Mensa smart, but it took me a long time to actually acknowledge and feel okay with being intelligent. Um, these qualities coupled with some behaviors that I had led me to be kind of primed as a target in previous situations at work. Um, for years, I found myself in jobs where I would end up almost attaching to someone in a seat of power, uh, seeking validation. And when it didn't come, I would work harder, try harder, put more effort into proving myself. And it always burnt me out every time. So it wasn't until probably the end of last year and with the help of a therapist, which I can't emphasize enough, is super helpful. Um, I, we, we kind of uncovered that one of two things happens. I either find a kind of narcissistic person who I attach to because they're drawn to my desire to be validated and uh, or i i find that because of my intelligence i have a lot of women who are intimidated by me which i never understood um but learning more about myself i do i i get it now so these people would find me um i never knew about them when i was interviewing um i just had become so outward focused on validation that I buried any red flags that I should have seen. So I was never really viewed as an asset, but more as a resource to be extracted. So I had a lot of experiences with gaslighting and I wanna be careful and clear what I mean by that. In my experience, it's a person in power who seeks to know what I call your kryptonite. 
they reassure you that all is well, and then systematically use that to dismantle your confidence, your self-esteem, your self-worth. So I was in a constant state of stress, fight mode, protection mode for decades. I studied harder. I did more, thinking that if I just did more, if I just did better, I'd win them over. So kind of fast forwarding to this year with that information in mind, um, at the end of last year, I had just gotten diagnosed with Lyme disease after a year of testing and extreme sickness. At one point I couldn't walk. Um, I just finished my master's degree in the midst of it with two kids and working full time. I parted ways with my employer and I was looking for a change. I wanted to do everything differently. Um, again, therapy helped me realize that it wasn't necessarily me that was crazy. I had issues, absolutely. But a lot of the variables I was dealing with were of such great magnitude that it was really a tribute to the fact that I was still standing. So I was fortunate enough to get an interview with a local company that I had been eyeing for a while. And so I told myself one thing, you will not hide who you are. If they don't want you, you don't need to be there. I'd spent a very long time selling a version of myself that people wanted, which always ended up with me being uncomfortable because I couldn't be myself. But they loved it. They loved me. I got an offer, but that's when the real struggle started. Um, I'd never realized how unsure of myself I was. I, was a, I had a master's degree, 20 years of high-level experience, insight, knowledge, technical ability, finding myself asking daily, am I doing okay? Or apologizing profusely for not knowing this new industry or for a small mistake. Um, my worldview really changed of what work was probably the second week I started here. Um, one of the executives I work with sat me down and she said, I wanted to hire you because I think you are capable of amazing things. And I can't wait to see where you go. And I want to be part of that journey with you. I, I sat in absolute stone silence. I was, it was almost like I was hearing a foreign language. Um, a few months later, I came to the two executive teams that I was working for and I said, hey, you know, this is a lot. I'm drowning. I want to serve you both in the way that you need. And they actually listened. Um, it's the second time in a very short span that I was like, wow, this, this is different. But knowing that and having lived it and seeing it daily, I still struggle with accepting a compliment. Imposter syndrome, very real. There's a big bo big voice of all bosses past, save one, Becky or my dear saint, saying, are you sure you belong here? Um, I've shared bits of my story with my executive. I'm afraid to share historical context because it's always been used against me later. And I know that's not here, not her, not them. But it's a PTSD response to past work trauma. And let me also define my trauma as a highly manipulative, emotionally distressing, high stress, and mentally damaging environment over a period of time. All that to say, the big question and what I'm working on now is how does one move past that? Where I am now, they are home growing a business model of compassion, trust, and transparency. And I'm eternally thankful that the woman I work for seems to understand what I'm coming from and has so much grace for me in that but I still can't fully own my success. 
I struggle with experiencing actual joy. I can't fully accept that I belong that I in the seat I'm in. I know I'm seen as an ally, a confident, strategic partner, resource, and apparently a wizard, um, which is great. But my brain says, yeah, but remember when you spelled something wrong in the email that went out. So that's kind of where I'm at now. And, you know, doing a lot of work on myself, how do you, when you move into a healthy environment, how do you let some of that go? And and what are your thoughts on how to move forward? Wow, my new friend, Annalisa, I want to honor you for for being able to articulate what you went through, much less going through it. And I'm pretty in awe <laughs> that you can um, very brightly just share this because I could imagine lots and lots and lots of pain. Um, so virtual hug to you, my friend. I um, I see the wizardry. I see the wizardry. Uh, before we get into where you are now, if I could ask a bit, um, when you were just kind of sharing just now, this past, I'm curious, what was that like for you? Um, to be honest, this is probably the first time that I've publicly discussed it. So it's a bit, it's a bit awkward. It's, it's liberating, but at the same time, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit sad for me because you know, when, when you look at hindsight, it's 2020, right? And so you really look back and you think, how could I have let myself live in a situation like that for so long? Um, and obviously that, that realization doesn't come without a lot of work, but um, you realize all the time you lost um, and what damage it's done. Yeah. I appreciate you can name the sadness and Listen, I don't wish struggles on anyone. The fact is that we are who we are. We're strong because of those struggles and they serve they serve us. And you, you talk about kind of letting go, the ability to, to just say, hey, that was part of my journey. And we you wouldn't be the person you are um, with the power you now have, with the power you will have, if you hadn't gone through that. So, you know, it can be tempting, I think, to say, oh, I wish it didn't happen. Now we're here, but it did. And you're clearly stronger for it, though I, again, I, I don't wish any of the pain on you. Um, but it's important to honor all those emotions because that is part of the reality. And, um, you know, sadness happens and that's part of, that's part of life you know, and to be able to be better for it um, and to be able to move on is part of how you move on you know, from, from the work things you brought up. Um, and, you know, I, I, I have a sense of pride for you. I don't know you right well, but I can just tell you I have a sense of pride because I can see the, you know, darn it, I'm going to be who I am. And, and even if at the get-go it's a little defiant, that's great. Because giving ourselves permission, giving ourselves permission is the starting point. Yeah. Okay. So just, you know, feel great about that. And I 
you know, I, I do meditate. Do you, do you meditate? Has that been part of your healing? Oh, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So just being where you are, when you think about letting go, if you're being where you are, you're not where you were, you're not where you're going to be, but you're right here, right now, right here, right now. And if that can be, you know, what you're focused on, that is a great way to, you know, not thinking about, am I letting go? You know, if you're being present, you've let go and and give yourself credit for that. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that's really great. The, um, I I do want to ask about, you know, for folks, and this is really important. No one makes us feel something. We may allow ourselves to be right made to feel a certain way, but to to kind of own the language of look at no one makes me feel blah 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 about myself. Um, so sometimes there's a, a level of forgiveness that can be helpful um, because there may be people in the past who were deliberately evil. I'm just gonna you know. I'm just going to say they're not that way, right? I maybe that it just that just may be helpful for you. So I I would just ask Annalisa, do you feel like you've forgiven the people for what you experienced? Um, I'm not there yet. You know, I I I think there's a lot of work to do there. Um, I think there was a lot of anger for a long time. And that anger has kind of morphed, you know, as we work through things into, you know, more of a feeling let down, Um, you know, and and you start to question, well, you know, the people who I thought um, cared about me or who I thought were invested in my success weren't. And I read that wrong. Um, And so it really makes you question how you're going about things. Like you said, we, we as humans only feel what we allow ourselves to feel. And, you know, part of the struggle is being a highly empathic person. I feel everything. Right. And, and so a lot of times it's separating the, this is someone's emotion versus this is someone's emotion because of me. Um, That part is, you know, what I'm really working on to help sort out and then on the road to forgiving those situations um both myself and the people who were in them yeah yes yeah, so you mentioned the new organization you know compassion trust transparency let's focus on the compassion and i define that as and i credit goren swordhammer who wrote a, a young person's yoga book but that's compassion is sitting with an open heart in the presence of unpleasant states, compassion. Yep. Right. And so for the folks for whom um, were part of these, you know, bad situations um, where you didn't feel good about yourself, the ability to evoke the compassion card for them, Annalisa, that they aren't in great relationship within their own selves. And you know what that's like, because that's, you know, you've had extended periods of that. Uh, to just extend that and just appreciate, you know, for someone to take it out on someone else, they, they're really hurting inside and that's sad for them. And that's not on you, right? You don't have to change that, but that perhaps can help you create a positive empathy about what that person is going through and to, you know, let go of the anger and to just, you know, own it for what it was, but to not let it be a boat anchor for you going forward. Right. 
And, you know, listen, we all make mistakes and that's how we grow. So let's normalize that. And that ability to move on from that, that is a real maturity, you know, and, and, you know, when I've thought about folks, when people have been murdered or whatever, and they forgive the person who committed, you know, you're like, wow, I don't know that I could ever do that. Um, but that's digging deep, you know, and that's um, maybe that's an aspiration, but uh, it's great that that's something that you're at one with because, you know, your ability to really be at one with yourself, I think gives people, gives you the ability to, to let go of others um, so that you really can be the full you. Uh, so talk to me, this new environment, you're, sounds like you're in your head a bit, can't own you know, my success, I'm not giving myself permission to be as joyous. So talk to me about that. Um, yeah. So I think a lot of it is, you know, it's, it's the response to previous situations, right? When, when you're in a situation and it's repetitive. So, you know, I, I, I feel confident in my position. I feel good in my role, but but the the people who I'm I'm working for may not love that, right? They like me uncomfortable. Um, it usually doesn't end well for me, um, you know. And and I I I've seen this pattern or uncovered this pattern, um, you know, not in the moment, but but after. And, and and so there's this fear of if I if if I own it and I acknowledge it and I celebrate it, that the response will be negative. And I know that's not the case here, um, but that's a constant internal struggle. Um, that, that trauma response of, well, if you're too happy, you're going to get smacked down. Um, you know, and that's, that's tough to deal with because it bleeds over everywhere. Um, you know, in your personal and your work. Yes, I am not uh, at all studied in psychology, so this is not my my uh, forte at all. So I just I know that this PTSD and trauma really lives within, and I think it's so fabulous. You have a therapist that you work well with, who's really helping you with your healing. So I do encourage folks who are in situations where a professional can help you to absolutely seek that out. Um, you know, I hear the fear. And, and I'm hearing the intellectual that you know the response isn't going to be negative, and so I'm I'm wondering, you know, if you if you're able to like celebrate something, give yourself credit, you know, what does that look like for you? If you're going to celebrate, I mean, come up with an example, something that you did that you would celebrate. Like, what would that look like? I don't even like that's the hard part because I, you know, I I just don't look for it, right? I I just expect it. My my level of performance is at a level that you know, is very high. Um, I have very high expectations for myself, but I mean, I would say something is, is large as where, you know, the summit where you came to and, you know, it was coordinated over multiple, I mean, I mean several hundred people, um, a, a several day event and a lot of logistical planning and, and everything else. And, you know, it went off really well. Um, and, you know, I got a lot of praise, but I was, you know, I was still focused on, well, yeah, but this could have been better. Um, so that's the kind of, you know, 
pull back from experiencing the joy of that success. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I love it. So this is great. Kudos went to you. You went off without a hitch. It was super. I mean, I could feel it for sure. So here's, let's just play a game. You did this great thing. What's, what's a treat for you, whether it's a meal or buying something or a spa treatment, like what is, what's a treat for, for Annalisa? Oh, that's a stellar question. I think when you have kids, you forget. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's just, I, you know, for me, I think it's, it's just time. You know, time is my biggest commodity and most precious because I don't have enough of it. Um, you know, so I'm hopefully next week being able to take some of that time, but then just being able to like reflect and, and, be in a in the present state and and be happy you know i'm not not so much about the you know the money or the whatever you know it's just now at this stage in my life i value the environments i'm in and you know trying to feel at peace and that to me is more valuable than you know going out and spending a couple hundred dollars on a great dinner um so is this so, good? That's good. Let's make it real. Is it an hour in nature? Is it just, just name it. What would be a real gem? I mean, if I could have anything, you know, I'd be on a beach somewhere. That would be the ideal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, if no, there's no driving, cell phone and, uh, no cell phone and no kids, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, you know, we're kind of being jokey, but this is something that, you know, that would be a treat. So you might say, Hey, yeah. You know, you're doing really great. You're already doing great. You don't need to do any greater is what I'm hearing. And and you know that. So put it on the calendar, go find a place, beach, or, you know, do a virtual kind of thing where you treat yourself to something that yeah. will pull for you and just do it and then make that the check. You don't have to overblow oh, it. You don't have to overblow it, but it's something that, that shows that you're honoring yourself honor yourself, right? Because I get you. And sometimes, you know, I will say when you've had the, the luxury of luxury, the, the, the benefit of therapy and you're able to get, you know, sometimes you can kind of know too much. Does that make sense? Yeah. You're, you're, so you're like, forget all that, right? I'm going to say beginner's mindset and make it simple. And whether it's some close beach or virtual beach or something, go just do it and then give yourself a little star. Yeah. You're on a great track. I have to say you're on a really, uh, you're, I know there's a lot for you. I don't pretend to have, you know, really to come anywhere close to appreciating what you've really gone through, but I can hear in your voice a sense of um, forward motion, forward motion. And, uh, you know, you keep on with that. Um, we could talk longer. I'll just, I'll just leave it at this. Why don't you share with <laughs> listeners what's, a top takeaway you have from our time together? For me? Yep. I think being more graceful with myself, giving myself some of the grace that's being afforded to me. Perfect. Okay. I am cheering for you more than you can possibly imagine. So you know how to reach me, my friend, if I can be helpful in any way at all. 
I would consider a great privilege. I've learned a lot. I appreciate your sharing so openly with folks. And um, I know you're a big part of the solution and our, our paths will continue to cross. Okay. You take good care. All right. Thanks, Molly. Ciao, ciao. Okay, friends, over to the great, great state, yes, of Mississippi. I welcome Jim to the show. Jim, welcome to Say It Skillfully. Hi, Molly. How are you? Could not be more fabulous. I'm talking <laughs> to you. I'm talking to you. What is going on for you? Thank you. Thank you for having me on your show. I, I really appreciate it. It's an honor. Good to hear your voice. Great to hear yours. And the honor is mine because it's really um, people like you with the courage to share what's going on um, and really in the spirit of helping all those listening. Yeah, thank you. Uh, you know, th these days we're hearing a lot of um, uh, things about being curious, being curious um, at work, being curious, you know, at home, uh, in general, at life. Um, and I thought I'd, you know, maybe talk to you about that a little bit today. I love this, this uh, energy of, really genuine, genuinely being curious, which is different than, and I've done this judging curious because we're, we're curious, but we're looking for an answer. <laughs> um, it's sometimes it's not easy to really um, genuinely ask in a way that doesn't put the other person on their heels. Yeah, you're, you're right. And you know, it, it, it starts young. I mean, you, you can see it, uh, children are curious. They carry that into, you know, high school uh, and then into college. Do, do you remember uh, as a young, as a, as a kid being curious and do you remember positive or negative responses? Curious about how things are, um, how things are made, you know, just um, kind of the, not the necessarily uh, engineering side of it, but just figuring out how things are made and how, how things could be um, improved. So th that, that's kind of where it, it, it stemmed from curiosity as a child anyway. Yeah, that's great. Do you remember folks uh, welcoming that? Was that something that you felt good about being curious? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, you know, just never had any pushback about uh, what, what curiosity would bring. I mean, other than don't be so curious that, um, you know, you could put yourself in harm, <laughs> but just being curious about how, um, you know, how things, um, how things operate, um, how things work in nature and, and just things that uh, at your disposal. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I think for uh, parents, I think about this because people's uh, reactions to, um, curiosity can can really create whether people are more open to questions or not. And I do think, you know, I think back to times when um, nieces or nephews may have broached something and if you're busy or whatever, it can be easy to be like, no, you can't, you know, and it's, it's easy to inadvertently not necessarily nurture the curiosity. So I just put that out there as something that I've, I've noticed in myself. And I would segue to the work environment because, you know, there's so much about coming through the ranks where, you know, you're, you're validated because you got the right answer. And when you're with a senior person, you're kind of, you put something out there and you're waiting here. Well, you're right, Jim. 
right? Right, yeah, right. Yeah, like I I'm, trying to, I'm not trying to be wrong. Uh, yeah, or or thanks for being curiosity, you know, on to the next person. You know, it's something that you, you, you don't want to hear. Right. Um, but, but at work, I mean, to your point, um, you know, you think about, well, how, how does that happen at work? How does that happen um, to, to show interest uh, in others personally? I mean, you don't have to pry, but just be interested in, in who they are, um, what they're doing, you know, a little bit about their family. Um, just you might have something in common and having something in common, uh, you can, um, you know, introduce them to someone else who has something in common with them. But then, you know, beyond that, it's it's just showing interest in others professionally. Um, what other departments, what other roles, what other tasks, what other professions uh, are interesting or something that, that you're curious about? And and you just never know where that that leads. I, I think it leads to positive things. Um, you know, it, it elevates engagement. Um, if, if you're curious at work about uh, another uh, another department, another person, or even your competition, that in and of itself can definitely uh, elevate uh, engagement at work. So it, again, it is curiosity, the interesting side of it. Um, it helps us grow. Yeah, I love I love where you went with this, and to think of curiosity in as a superpower at work, both personally and professionally. So I work a lot with folks who. And understandably, work can get very transactional because we're trying to achieve goals and we're trying to like accomplish tasks and get them in, done on budget and in the right amount of time. So that idea of being curious about who someone is and giving them some space to let you know who they are so that you can see them and you can actually then really get to know them is huge. That, my friend, does take some vulnerability. So I just want to put this word out there because... Everyone will say, yeah, yeah, we want to build trust. And everyone's heard me say that it takes the courage to be vulnerability because vulnerability is the must for trust. So maybe you could share with us, and I can hearing in your voice that, you know, you would appreciate people being open and curious at work. Uh, is that something that's easy for you to share uh, about your personal side at work? It, it, yeah, it is. I mean, it, it's also recognizing how much the person you're speaking to or, or the, the people that you're speaking to, how much they are willing to share. I mean, again, you don't want to make it sound like you're prying just by being inquisitive. Um, so, you know, personally, you know, being in, in uh, interested and, and curious about uh, neighbors, um, you know, just, just talking to people, um, you know, asking about nonprofits, uh, I think it's it's very helpful because um, you never know which one, which type of community involvement or nonprofit is is really going to you know really spark an interest in you. Yeah, I think this notion of genuine, without judging, without you know, potentially weaponizing whatever you hear is important. And I'll just offer for folks, you know, whenever I get in a taxi, and I was in one last night. You know, and in in New York, there are lots of times from outside of uh, the states, and you know, you hear an accent, and I and I, you know, I just like to hear like the story, you know, the people driving you around. So I'll just say, if you don't mind me asking, so again, it's totally fine. If you don't mind me asking, you know, where is your family from? 
Absolutely. So that's it's not like where are you from? Yeah. <laughs> but it's a little bit. And so you give them an out there, you know, exactly. you they wave you off. But typically what I have found people sense that, well, now you're, you're validating me. You're asking about me. And yes. I have some people to take it. Oh, well, I'm from blah, 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 blah. And then they go off and it's so great. Yeah. They don't know. They don't think that that is saying it skillfully <laughs> in and of itself. That's, uh, that's how you do it. So, I, you know, and, and that's the same thing that, um, that it's exactly what I was talking about. And, and you can use that approach, take that approach at work, take that approach, um, at life, you know, just getting to know others, you can go watch, you know, um, how it's made with your grandfather, just to be interested in, um, in, in how things, uh, how things work. But when you get to know people, um, you, you may find out that you can help. I mean, you know, I, I, I've done the same thing. I, you know, I have a, a next door neighbor, um, who, you know, over the course of, you know, nine or 10 years, clearly we've, we've got to know each other very well. And, um, he has had uh, type one diabetes all his life. And I didn't know anything about that disease. You know, what is the difference between type one and type two? How do you get that? What does it mean to you? How have you survived? How have you lived with it? So, you know, that curiosity, um, has, um, has always been there. Well, then, you know, fast forward, he's had it all his life and, um, he actually ended up, um, you know, some, having some obvious, some, uh, kidney problems and ended up needing uh, dialysis. And, and then my curiosity was how, how does one get out of that situation? How do you get out of that? He has, uh, two children and, um, you know, how, how do you get out of that? How are you there for them long-term? Um, so, you know, kind of do the research and, uh, one way to do it, um, or one way to help someone out like that is, um, is to, to help and, and look at, uh, being a, a kidney donor. And he was on the kidney, uh, transplant, um, list and that can take years. Um, but, um, I, just kept being curious about it and how does that work and ended up uh, things aligned um, long story short things aligned um, and just uh, at the end of last year um, was a, a kidney donor from for him and his family oh, you're a saint That's no. so wonderful no. oh my goodness whoa, whoa, whoa. So, so that talk to us about that like that because there has to be a matching and and then there's the impact on you, Jim. So, so share with us. Yeah. I mean, it, it is, it's, it's fascinating. There's, there's more than uh, one matching component. I mean, it's, it's more than just blood type match. There's, uh, there's cross matching and, you know, the wonderful people at Emory hospital here in Atlanta uh, uh, helped us through uh, the situation. They've done uh, thousands of, of transplants and you just don't think about that um, happening every day. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, you, after being um, curious about it, thinking about it, uh, you know, talking to my family about it, uh, we just knew, just absolutely knew it was the right thing to do, and um, it's it's been it's been a wonderful experience. Wow, talk about with <laughs> more way more than the normal good neighbor story, Jim. Okay, so it, it, well, yeah, but it's it it wasn't it wasn't for me, you know. It's it's not why I'm mentioning it now. I'm just you know, showing a side of, of being curious can, can be anything f 
from just helping someone, you know, at work with curiosity or um, it, just the, the level of, of um, help uh, and assistance uh, and gratitude uh, can grow from, from just being curious and then doing the right thing, you know, and, you know, we, we talk about engagement um, at work and, and we also um, have, have spoken about uh, who before what, you know, who, who is it before what is it? What is it instead of approaching it as what is, what is it that you need? It's who is this person? Who is this company um, before the what? So it's caring and it's putting people first, you know, focusing on, on each other's success. Uh, and that's what it's all about. Oh my God. Can we just memorialize this and share this with them? <laughs> Who before oh, Who I, I didn't come up with it. Yeah, love this. <laughs> you can this believe is, it, but this, um, this is it though. This pe putting yeah. people first is easy to say, Jim, it's easy to say, but you've demonstrated through some, like, what is this? And if, if someone that we're working with feels that you are about who are you, not that you are the person executing this task on the job, which you are, okay, but that first and foremost, you're this human being. And that's right. So, you know, for folks listening, this notion of being genuine and coming across as genuine in your curiosity is really important. It's not just asking the question, it's coming across in a way that the person feels like you're really open. And so I will offer, because lots of times we're in work and you think that you, someone said something and you think it's the wrong answer. And it may very well be the wrong answer, by the way, but you, but you want to create a, a place of understanding. So you can be genuine saying, hey, you know, I actually think of it very differently than you said. So you're not trying to pretend that, you know, it's unicorns and rainbows. Help me understand how you're thinking about it, because I may be missing something. I, that's exactly right. And, right? and, and being curious about seeing their side of the story or their side of the, the project or the task or their role um, will help you understand. And then, um, you know, it, it could be that they were correct. And, and then you both have the success uh, from, from learning that. So yeah. you're, you're exactly right. You know, putting it into practice, um, the, this whole notion of, of who before what, uh, and the workforce, uh, you know, it, the rest, the rest will follow the, the rest being, um, the company's success, uh, satisfying the customers, profit, uh, market share, market price, share price. I think it'll follow. I mean, if, if you do the right thing and, and you put people first, the rest will follow. Wiser words have not been said. So I think that is a great way to wrap. Uh, but before I let you go, Jim, uh, you did share a lot. I don't know how much that was planned, but uh, share with listeners after our little talk, what is your top takeaway? Um, my top takeaway is, you know, as, as, as I think about um, approaching someone at work um, about a project, it's, it's, what you said of, of taking that step back um, and, and asking them how 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 did they see it that way? How how is their uh, perception? Uh, could be their perception of me. How is their perception something I grow to understand? Uh, and and I think that's the that's the takeaway. And then you you said it eloquently. Um, it's just helped me understand. 
I love it. Jim, you are clearly part of the solution. I want to bottle you up and like sprinkle it everywhere. So um, <laughs> if I can be any of any help to you uh, and your cause, you know how to reach me. I am cheering for you big time, my friend, and uh, our paths will cross and you take good care. Thank you, Molly. I appreciate it. Great talking to you. Yeah, great talking to you. Appreciate you more. Oh, okay. Folks. Thanks again. Yeah, ciao, ciao. Just didn't get any better. This is great. Okay, but we're going to travel across the Atlantic Ocean now. We're going all the way to Sofia, Bulgaria, and Anastasia is on the line. Welcome to Say It Skillfully. Thank you. Thank you, Molly. Yes, I'm currently in Bulgaria, but I, I bet from my accent you can't really say where I'm from. <laughs> I, I'm from Ukraine, and for the past eight plus years I've lived in different countries in Europe. That's where I kind of got really strange accent people can't really identify me by. Uh, and I think what's on top of my mind is how to maybe make some waves in both respectful but also actually you know um changing something way so i will give you a little backstory i said i mentioned that i'm uh, an immigrant right and i left ukraine for many different reasons and of course the situation that is uh present right now in the world is not something that's easy to to make peace with, um, but we're not going to go there. Don't worry. I I discovered because of me being an immigrant myself and therefore being connected to many other immigrants, just because that's kind of a community that you gravitate towards when you're uh, when you're in that kind of situation. Both people from the country you're from, or neighboring countries, or just immigrants in general. There are obviously a lot of nationalities and cultures and life points uh, of you and just so many different things that you learn to respect and love and learn from as well. <laughs> and also I was professionally involved in building those kind of communities for immigrants uh, from organizing events to um, supporting a, a publication in English that would you know, cover different aspects of life in, in those countries um, where, I, where I lived. And Bulgaria included here, I am part of an organization that, that supports the international community in Bulgaria. So I got to understand a lot some of the challenges and issues that we as uh, immigrants face whenever we, we leave, right? When it, wherever we go, whenever we leave the country, we get to see the world in a slightly different way. We have the difficulty of immigration and everything that it brings with it, from loneliness to uh, difficulties with money to very likely and quite possibly changes in the relationships that we have, uh, back back from where we are. I'm not, I'm not saying back home because for many people the second, third or fourth or whatever home becomes their real home because they discover something about themselves um, that they don't really see themselves anymore fitting in that uh, culture where they are from, which is my case. Uh, but also 
life goes on and life also has its own challenges right so we have kind of layer upon layer of of different things that we have to deal with and i started talking about it in public i i have uh my linkedin profile where i share some of the stories and i learned thanks to really good feedback and again just people coming back to me and saying that they recognize themselves in the stories that i share I just learned to be more vulnerable, uh, like what you discussed with Jim earlier. It is, in a way, once you know how to do it, it's an immense power that you have. And also, uh, the, the change in the status quo, um, both in that aspect, right? I would love to make more space for immigrants um, in the world because oftentimes we come from backgrounds um, and cultures and countries which are not on top of people's minds. They don't know about them or maybe they have prejudice uh, about them. And it can be really difficult for, for us to, to get rid of those or to live through those and just to move, um, to move away. Uh, from so sometimes you even start absorbing those stereotypes yourself, <laughs> you know? And I would really love to to see to find a way to to both make a stand and really you know rock the boat in a way um, to stand for these people for for my people in that sense, but also to be uh, to, to be the force of change through maybe love and support and kindness and. This is kind of macro level, but also there is micro level, which is more personal to me, which uh, could be described with um, the, the fact that we, or, or I would rather say me, in, the, in my situation, I've grown slightly different from my family. And we always had a bit of a uh, difference in, in some certain life. Uh, views or like philosophy on things and being apart from them and having this space more than enough space to to get to know myself and to not be influenced by certain not very healthy things you know that families have it's it's unavoidable um or just being part um being far from that environment that i i grew up in and um, even just seeing more opportunities because I'm from a small town from, I grew up in a very kind of more rural part of that town. There were so many things that I didn't even know existed until I moved out. Um, so now seeing all that, like the whole big world, it, it definitely changed the way I see life uh, in general. And I'm a bit stuck with how I can communicate it to my family. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, we have amazing support and love towards each other. Like literally two days ago, we had one of the most challenging conversations we had. And still our philosophy and, and outlook on this is we are family no matter what. <laughs> so um, even with the, the past uh, year crisis, and my family is is, is uh, actually now lives in Russia for their own reasons. That kind of 
how to say polar vision on things <laughs> really didn't uh, affect negatively our relationship, but rather strengthened it. So you see what I'm trying to say is how do I stay a kind and loving human and still do something that people might not uh, um agree with or understand even oh you're you're so far ahead of me <laughs> i just have to i just have to honor you for um this where you've been uh your home country you know my heart is in my feet for what's going on there um but to stay high yeah. to stand for immigrants my family is an immigrant family so it's mm. Um, it strikes a chord. We are stronger for our differences when we can learn to appreciate them. Um, but it can be a real struggle, right? Because it can be yeah. a lot of fear and unknown and uncertainty. Um, so I appreciate what you're standing for. I think, you know, you are kind and you are a loving human being, the end. Okay. <laughs> you are, you need to know that. And so that's just part of who you are. And it's a great part of who you are, separate and distinct from any change you might want to see in the world. And yeah. um, I think that having that clarity of what you do want, and if that's the voices of immigrant people, if that's the understanding, it's having the leadership to paint a vision and mm. one that's more compelling for people. And I think that's, again, a, a choice that you have. And if you find your tribe of people who align with that, then that's, that's what you start with, no matter how small that might be. And yeah. it resonates for me because obviously this whole say it skillfully is about helping, you know, all people find their voices and to use them authentically so that we speak up positively and productively and we just make life and work like a whole lot better. Right. And I, it's pretty mm -hmm. simple for me. Right. So I, I offer you not to think of it as, you know, or either, or kind and loving mm -hmm. and right? You're standing for something that you think makes the world better, Anastasia. And, and that's yeah. fabulous. I mean, that's so empowering for you. And by virtue of being more public about it, which can be scary, you know, gives you immediacy of how people, how it's landing for people. And, you know, what, right. What is it that works that, that enrolls people in this positive change? Cause you want it to be unbalanced, a positive change. But that doesn't mean that it's going to be comfortable for you or for everybody. And mm. that's part of the growth, right? If it's not a little bit uncomfortable somewhere, we're not growing. Yeah. So, you know, I think you should feel good about creating an appropriate level of discomfort. We don't want to be, you know, freaking out. Um, if you're able to, you know, you, you talked about for immigrants, you know, it can be hard. Like I don't fit anymore. I don't fit in where I was. I don't really fit in where yeah. I am. Right. And but normalizing, hey, it's a little messy in between. It's a little messy and that's OK. It's normal. And and what can we do to help you with what's going on right now? Mm. Yeah, the, the very act of asking, you know, I think for a lot of folks, they might say, well, I don't know. Well, OK, we have to know. It's part of it is ask for what you need. You have to know what you need and to do your best to think about, huh, what would make this situation better? What, how could I feel, even feel better about it is also something that can make a huge difference. You know, the situation might be the same, but if you feel like other people love or feel like other people care, that can really change your whole mindset. 
Absolutely. I, I, I totally agree with you. And I think um, what really makes me more confident in this whole thing is indeed that um, probably feedback that I already received just from my friends who would tell me, I, I read a post about loneliness as an immigrant and I was crying, you know, um, and th th these are the people who normally are, are having a hard time expressing their positive feelings as well. <laughs> so that was very touching and heartwarming for me to to hear that, yes, I'm not alone in it and I can I can support others. And I would I see the, the picture of it, like the, the, the dream of it would be to empower people to to do to discover what they are actually capable of when they realize their opportunities are unlimited um and then you know we, we have all these possible statistics on uh just the immigrants being amazing entrepreneurs because they are problem solving and also because they oftentimes don't have the, the opportunity to get to like a formal job or just generally all the different skills that we can bring to the to whichever respective country we we, we find as our you know second home so it's in a way both about the community right and support on the spot uh, with whatever personal things that we might feel in that new reality but also it's about the global I don't know if even if, if economy <laughs> in that sense um, or just the, the, the state of the world right now, if we have more diversity and we give really more space to to very different voices, that changes things and, and changes them fast. You're absolutely right. And we're going to continue this conversation at a future state. So I'm going to just share this word of unlimited possibility for all listeners <laughs> from you. And Anastasia, thank you for joining me. You are part of the solution. And please reach out to me after um, anything I can do to help you. I'm happy to. You take good care. Thank you so much, Molly. Thank you. Ciao, ciao, ciao. Oh, there's a lot of great change in the world, people. Keep the faith. Um, and let me share my thought for the week. And it is the Buddhist word for vicarious joy, mudita, as in the unexpected pleasure in witnessing another's happiness, which is a skill that can be trained. And that's a wrap, folks. Thank you for tuning in. Please be part of the solution and kindly share this show. Reflect on your own top takeaways and know I'm cheering for you to be who you are and say what needs to be said so that you and those around you have a shared reality, essential to make the best decisions, execute with speed, and achieve outstanding outcomes at work and in life. Thanks for listening to Say It Skillfully with host Molly Chang. Join us again for more ways to say it skillfully next Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow Molly on LinkedIn and Twitter. Check out sayitskillfully.com and sign up so you don't miss her latest 90-second video. And please, be part of the solution. Kindly tell others about this program so they say it skillfully too.